Welcome to the CFA Society India podcast, where society members engage in conversations with industry experts to bring you unique insights. This podcast represents the views and opinions of the originally featured speaker and is posted with their express consent. The podcast is meant for educational purposes only. It should not be construed as research, recommendation, solicitation, or investment advice by CFA Society India. This episode is from the CFA Society India archives. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Mistakes in Investing by Mr. Utpal Shade. And it is my pleasure to invite Mr. Varun Goenka, Managing Partner and Fund Manager, ValleyQuest Investment Advisors. About Varun. Varun, prior to joining ValleyQuest, has been the co-fund manager at Nippon Mutual Fund. With experience in 20 years in markets on both research and fund management, he has focused on consumer, technology and light engineering industries. Can I request with a warm round of applause, Mr. Varun Goenka. Good morning, everybody. Am I audible? So, uh, for me, it's uh, a moment of uh, uh, thank you so much, CFS Society. It's an honor to be here with Uttal Bhai. And uh, uh, for me, it's kind of a moment when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Uh, and it's, it's truly a privilege to uh, introduce Uttal Bhai uh, to be here. Uh, I'll choose his own words to introduce him. Uh, rather than going through the bio, which you can anyways access publicly, uh, I would say most geniuses, especially those who lead others, prosper not by deconstructing intricate complexities, but exploiting unrecognized simplicities. Uh, these words were actually shared by Utulbai himself a few years back, but it stayed with me. And this is exactly what he's able to do. And why is he able to do is what I'm here to share, which is probably lesser known and lesser discovered. So uh, there are a few investors or uh, people in, in, in the country. Uh, we now know, let's say, Radhakrishnanji because of the DMART IPO, uh, Rakeshji, of course, because of his media appearances and his being so vocal is known. But Uttalbhai has been executing uh, behind the scenes for last 20 years with Rare, with his firm Trust Capital, uh, with, with uh, an asset management firm Chanakya. Uh, so he's been far low key. It's just recently that he has made a few presentations or let's say come on Wizards of the Last Street by Ramesh made the mega trends presentation at the CFS Society uh, event at Delhi is when actually people started discovering him in the last few years. But let me tell you, I don't uh, have anybody come to my mind with such breadth and depth of experience and let me elaborate there. Uh, I don't think so. There are many who can connect macro and micro the way Atulbhai does. Uh, not many who've had such long public market experience, have done venture capital deals, M&A, buyout, private equity, and at such large scale as what we now know as outcomes like Star Health, 
you know, Metro Brands, uh, so many others, you know, we know him for his Titan, uh, uh, you know, and Sri Cement uh, early identification, but there's a lot that is unknown. And today's, today's discussion is also about an area which is far less articulated either in academic or investing literature. I would invite uh, Utpal Bhai to please come with further ado to, to really take us through what he's put together. We would be quite uh, mesmerized or stunned because uh, this is not often that we get to hear uh, cross that bridge from knowledge to wisdom. So what Utpal Bhai presented to us, maybe some of us would have taken 20, 30 years to understand, you know, and we are really fortunate and lucky. Uh, whoever is lesser than 30 is even more luckier. <laughs> Some of us who are on the other side. So as they say, with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, I think such masters have the responsibility to share uh, the learning. And I think uh, what CFS Society is doing uh, is not realizing the kind of impact and influence uh, some of the early learners and us will have uh, by hearing these people, you know, and so that we could really shorten our learning curve, uh, really learn and, uh, you know, it would have a magnifying impact on our outcomes. So thank you so much, Utpal Bhai, for taking the effort to put this, this kind of a distilled wisdom is, is really, really rare. Uh, there's no book you can pick it up or, you know, so I'm, I'm really glad to be here. Uh, I would not let him go without uh, a little uh, peek into his personal life for five minutes. Uh, he has come from very humble beginnings himself and rising to a stature of this level of experience, uh, becoming partner and CEO at Rare, which is today the largest family office in India and probably one of the largest investors uh, by absolute size. And he didn't stop there. He went on to create trust in Chanakya. Uh, so rather than the template, I would Bhai, ask you, what is the kind of attitude uh, that you lived, uh, which allowed you this kind of an aptitude and altitude? Okay, I don't know about the altitude, but let me talk about the aptitude. To me, two things were important. Learnability and adaptability. So I always had this quest to learn and I hope that I'll have it to my last day. I have just followed that quest, ensuring that it is not just an ivory tower learning, okay, that I'm able to adapt to what I learn and then implement that and execute that. And it need not always be right quite a few things which have not gone well for me but I'm okay with that and I have learned to be resilient 
So I would say adaptability, learnability, and resilience. So uh, assume uh, we have a hungry person uh, wanting to learn. If you could guide us on how would you separate what is signal and what is noise? Uh, again, it's something that we all have to evolve over time. But uh, and you are doing so many hats uh, at Rare from public market, private equity, uh, and your two founding firms. So at least from our point of view, which most of us are more public market facing, how do you really separate signal and noise, yet have room for controlled experiments? Some mistakes are bound to creep in. But what not to do is getting even more challenging. Uh, and then we will definitely come to some questions on the presentations. So I would say simplicity is not that simple, <laughs> right? And uh, therefore, while in your mind I'm doing quite a few things, in my mind I'm doing only one thing, and that is learning, adapting, and being resilient. It's not easy to sift signal from noise. But at the same time, it's also not too difficult to focus on a few things. I think when you have internal clarity, it's very evident of what you don't wish to do or what you should not be doing. Okay? And really speaking, there is no should not be doing because something might work for someone else. You have to realize what works for you. So what you don't wish to do, you should be clear and derive everything from that. Sure. So, to my mind, that requires a lot of introspection and understanding yourself. As Gautam Buddha said, it is easier to conquer the world than to conquer the self. And I think that's very, very tough. And I'm not sure that I've done it well enough. Right. I think that's a quality of uh, anybody being in the market long enough, uh, anybody done it at a certain scale. I think humility sets in <laughs> in, in ways that... Uh, so uh, the slide that you showed on joint probability, uh, something in tidbits we all know how difficult it is, but you have quantified uh, and made us realize really how odds are against us actually. So let me ask you some black and white questions. If we feel that our assessment is correct and we have a higher probability uh, on all those five or six areas, then what is it should be our allocation to begin with? Uh, a range of number or something. You know. Allocation to one stock, yes. where you yes. feel that you've got all of yes. that? Yes. Okay. 
so people think about that decision at a point of time you have that higher probability in your mind today but today is not the last time that you are going to be making that investing decision so to my mind depending on what your portfolio strategy is you should have an opening position on that stock where it is not an insignificant stock in your portfolio okay i am emphasizing the word not an insignificant part of your portfolio and then over time as that conviction keeps getting validated and reinforced even more you should keep increasing the weight even if you are buying at a higher price so um rakeshi bought the first titan at 32 rupees a share in those days but we bought titan even at 120 rupees a share 140 rupees a share 400 rupees a share 900 rupees a share so don't think of your buying decision as one buying decision at one point of time you know in physics there is this concept of space time continuum same way there is a continuum of returns and time wherever whenever you feel that it's the price and the probability equation is in your favor you should go ahead and enhance your weight sure. and i think even michael mobusa talks yes of the same thing probability adjusted investing sure. right so the no anchoring bias obviously of a starting point for sure uh, a lot of us could have gotten to bajaj finance probably when it had already become 10x or such but still the runway was so long right uh so as you showed in uh, the mega trends gorilla opportunity uh would you say that there's a lot of research breadth now but the depth is getting more complex by the day to be able to assess management teams uh, a lot of outcomes in such a vuca world so where do you think is individual investing there are a lot of individual investors here Uh, is the edge of individual investors diminishing in some way in favor of either institutional investors or professional team like yourselves uh, which are doing a very different level of depth in terms of work uh, where do you think the scale is tipping towards okay so rakesh used to say that too much of analysis leads to paralysis yeah okay so i don't feel that there is anybody losing any edge because of too much information and so on and your edge need not come out of greater degree of information i think the whole markets are evolving from the importance of information to the importance of analysis to the importance of synthesis okay 
like we say that earlier search was important now sift is important okay same way from information to analysis to synthesis but if you look at the distribution of the population of investors only on one variable which is time then you will find everybody being concentrated on the 0 to 1 year right yeah. very few concentrated between 1 to 3 years and a minuscule minority concentrated between 5 to 10 years so the moment you shift your time horizon to 5 to 10 you already have the edge absolutely right the question is do you have the focus and the discipline to shift your time horizon to 5 to 10 and rakeshi is to actually give us the freedom and the empowerment to think of even beyond then so i feel that he empowered us in so many ways and every investor has the power to empower themselves to shift your time horizon and then you don't have to think about right. edge since we are on this time horizon uh you have explained on terminal value really really well in the past uh you covered it in your previous mega trends presentation also if you could since it was not covered in this presentation do help uh, you know change in terminal value is even lesser understood uh, terminal value is hardly uh, if you could really spend uh, this is something again where academia or investment literature really does not theoretically accounting wise it is given some due in that dcf but really it's not given its due importance and true i don't know how much time we have yeah we have only 5 minutes so to elaborate on that but you know a lot of people say that their style of investing is growth investing versus value investing and we say that our style of investing is terminal value investing we are always focused on the terminal value and i'm sure you've heard of the chaos theory where the flipping of a butterfly's wings causes an earthquake somewhere in the effect yeah right any change in the terminal value has an outsized effect on the price so one has to keep thinking not just about the terminal value but also about changes in terminal value and while very few people get the terminal value right even fewer people get the change in the terminal value right so we all talk about moats for example and competitive advantage however your best returns come from companies which are widening their moats and elongating their competitive advantage so you know there was this movie called in pursuit of happiness oh yes of course right? beautiful movie yeah. i would say we are in pursuit of terminal value so the forum has added 10 minutes to your thing 
<laughs> added more terminal value, so to say. Yes, so uh, change in terminal value uh, could be driven by regulations or competitive. If you could share one case study of how either a positive or a negative change in terminal value was a decision making. Okay. So first of all, let me clarify that once upon a time, terminal value used to be driven by intangibles. Somewhere around the time that I started my career, which is mid 80s, early 80s. But today, most of the terminal value and change in terminal value is driven by intangibles. It's far more difficult to understand intangibles and appreciate intangibles. Because you can't quantify it. It's not a mathematical formula. There are factors which contribute to terminal value, which I call as the three I's. One is inevitable, second is irreversible, and third is irreplicatable. Okay? When you find these three factors in different contexts, in any company, you can be sure right. that it will create terminal value. However, I will add that all of these are dependent on the culture of that company. Okay? Because you can replicate somebody's manufacturing process. Yes. You can replicate somebody's distribution strategy. You can copy a product. You can spend money on branding. But you can't buy culture. So culture is one of the largest intangibles. And I can give you stories after stories. But let me talk about our investment in Metro Shoes. I'm not talking about Titan because it's been talked about enough. But Metro Shoes, when we invested, as I explained to you earlier, we realized that this company is, is a near leader which will become a clear leader. But the culture that we saw in that company was phenomenal. There were various facets to that culture. But none captures that as well as one video of Rafik Bhai addressing his staff during COVID times, which was actually never authorized. It was an unauthorized video, which went viral subsequently, of how they have this culture of finding opportunity in every crisis, of never wasting a crisis. Okay? And it was that resilience 
okay that was truly inspiring and what was the importance of that resilience every business will have cycles but when a company like that faces a challenge becomes stronger yeah it will become stronger when all its peers and competition will become weaker it will bounce back the first and it will bounce back the fastest it will bounce back the greatest and that will keep creating value in every economic cycle so there's this concept of creative destruction right so this is the kind of company that will create even more value through every business cycle very rare right hence i would say that your ability to find those companies and those cultures which will create value is most important i don't know if that answered no, your question no absolutely and that actually in some way also says measuring culture requires the level of focus beyond that 3 5 year horizon or the research rigor or the dedication so it will not come on a platter to somebody on an annual report or a concord transcript or a broker report so yes so again one of the areas of investors to understand is the least spent area which is corporate culture or management culture uh very few have been able to uh but let, but let me just share uh if it was so easy to replicate something mcdonald's tried to create a pizza franchise in late 80s and it couldn't do it even the might of mcdonald's and there is only one starbucks in the world even though it's just coffee so i completely uh, and i think yesterday evening when we were discussing just like there is only one titan in the world and there's going to be no second titan no second bajaj finance uh, these companies who are able to uh, create that operating culture replicated at scale are so few and rare just to since we have only 5 minutes any particular industries atul bhai that you can share that you see uh, where there is significant change in terminal value uh, there are so many new industries that are coming up so many existing industries that are changing form uh, if you could separate that barbell into uh, the direction of where you see getting value created and value getting diminished so run i think about it a little differently to me it is not the industry that creates value oh. it's the company that right. creates value and what happens is in any emerging industry that industry will go through an s curve and during the first phase of that s curve you will have a lot of people entering that industry okay it is very difficult to find the winner in that phase okay it's relatively easier to find the winner in the subsequent sure. phase 
right, where you have the hockey stick, a part of the S-curve. However, after that you have the third phase, where that industry comes down and every weak player is shaken out of the industry. We find that you have the highest probability of identifying mm -hmm. that great player in that industry in that third phase. Sure. It may not be the lowest price of that company and which is why I continue to maintain that Berkshire Hathaway's acquisition of Apple stock yeah. Yeah. even at yeah. such a high valuation so late in Apple's life cycle but that outsized bet would not have been possible in the early days of Apple. Absolutely. Right? So, that is one more lesson for us. It's not important to catch the stock in its infancy. It's important to catch the stock when it is evident to you that this is a greatness stock. It's crossed the chasm. So to say, right, absolutely. So there's nothing called missing out. You know, there is enough time. And if the runway is that long enough, we will have enough time. Some closing note from you, Uttul Bhai, would really help to guide everybody. Okay. So first of all, Varun, thank you for those kind words. Um, I would just say, keep learning. Keep adapting and keep investing. Don't be afraid of mistakes. Embrace mistakes. Protect your state of mind. And trust me, it's, it's a journey which is very fulfilling. Not just because you make money, but because you also learn. You become a better investor and a better person every day. All the very best to each one of you. I, it was good for me to interact with some of the youngsters here yesterday evening and I look forward to more interaction today. Thank you. Thank you for listening in to today's podcast. Before you go, please subscribe to stay updated on your favorite podcast app.